Welcome to Dare to Dwell, a podcast with the Daughters of St. Paul. We're so glad you're here. This season, we are gathering around the mics to share about the love of God poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. You can find out more about our work on social media at Daughter St. Paul. Enjoy today's episode. Hi, welcome to Dare to Dwell, a podcast with the Daughters of St. Paul. I'm Sister Oriane Pietro Renee. I'm Sister Julie Benedicta. And today we're joined by Sister Emily Bayada. Yay! Welcome Hi, back. Emily. Oh, thank you. It's been a while. It has been a while. Last time you were here, we were talking about the Bible. Yeah, yeah. It was one of the scripture episodes. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. And I think, Sister Emily, you've read The Sanctifier, right? I have read The Sanctifier. Yes. Yeah. It's just like the keystone text we've been using. It's for one this of those. Season. I kind of dip in and out of The Sanctifier. Like mm-hmm. I usually pick it up <laughs> around Pentecost. I'll pick it up maybe sometime around the anniversary of my confirmation or if I'm thinking about a specific gift or beatitude. I, I kind of I do that method with The Sanctifier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of like a reference text. Yeah. yeah, you totally can. Yeah. Yeah. And I think today it's I'm really excited because Sister <laughs> Emily is actually the vocation director for our U.S. Canada province of the Daughters of St. Paul at the moment. And there is no better theme in which to talk about discernment than the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. for hopefully obvious reasons. <laughs> <laughs> he is the one. Yes, yeah, he is the one. So I know you did this on the last podcast that you were with us for, but it's been a while. So okay. could you just share with the audience like what it means that you're the vocation director? What does oh, that sure. look like? Sure. So, yeah, I'm the vocation director for our U.S. Canada province. Um, so that means I work with the sisters in the local communities who are local contacts for vocations. Um, but then I kind of oversee all of our national and provincial um, efforts for vocations. So that would be uh, vocation retreats, like mm-hmm. come and see weekends, longer vocation retreats. We just wrapped up our annual uh, St. Paul summer program for high schoolers. That so was we do so stuff fun. for high schoolers. Yeah. <laughs> fun and exhausting. I'm sure. From uh, my end, it was just fun. <laughs> it was it was amazing. It was amazing. We had such a great group of high schoolers. Um, and then I work individually with women who are more seriously discerning a vocation mm-hmm. to the Daughters of St. Paul. Um, and then do a bunch of traveling, go to universities, young adult groups, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff to to promote a culture of vocations and then uh, to spread spread the word right about religious life. Because the, the main thing I think that deters people from thinking about religious life as a possibility is just they have no idea of what it is or they have like the sound of music idea of what it is. Right. So. <laughs> or, or they just think nobody does it anymore. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which is very so, not true, as we know. So it's kind of like spreading <laughs> the word, inviting people to come and see and then walking with women more closely. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. So, Sister Emily, (laughs) what is discernment? That is like (laughs) the age old question. (laughs) Yes, very true. Yeah. I I find it hard to give a hard and fast definition of discernment, but I think in general, discernment is placing ourselves in a space where we can we become aware of what's happening inside us mm-hmm. so that when we choose, we're choosing um, like with God alongside of God. Right. Mm-hmm. So I have to be aware of of what's happening inside of me and of like where I'm tending, where my desires are going in order to realize where God might be inviting me. Mm-hmm. And that goes for vocation. Vocational discernment is like a subset of discernment. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it goes for vocational discernment, but it also just goes for daily discernment. We have to make decisions each and every day, Mm -hmm. (laughs) some big, some small, 
Um, and, and then it goes for more life discernment, like people who aren't necessarily discerning their vocation. Maybe they've, they've found their vocation, they're married or they're in religious orders or they're living the single life. But, but sometimes stuff comes up about careers or um, like, do I move to this part of the country or uh, do, I, do I take this promotion in my job or do I forego that and do something else? So I think it's, it's becoming aware of all these external factors, but mostly what's going on inside mm-hmm. so that then my choices are informed by where God is inviting me. Sorry, it's a lot of words. <laughs> no, I, I love that. I love that definition. Yeah, I love that, Sister Emily, because I think it really pulls out this um, very common misunderstanding. And I think it's one that I had myself for at least part of my life that like God's will is somehow something outside of me only. Like it, it can't be inside of me anywhere. And if we understand what the indwelling means, that that Christ or, or that the Holy Spirit truly dwells in us, that we are temples of the Holy Spirit, that the Lord, the Trinity, is present in us, mm. then that kind of changes how we understand how we can find God's will. That yes, there will be aspects of understanding that will happen outside of our person, naturally, because God is huge, <laughs> but also that he is inside of us working in our own desires, working in our own, you know, our own struggles and our wounds and our healing and all of those things. Um, and that he can make his will known there. And also he can teach us to love his will and find joy in it. It's not necessarily something I'm going to automatically always forever rail against. And that's how I know it's God's will, right? Like it, it's something that he's always conforming us to in love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Father Alberione, the founder of our community, would say that the will of God is his greatest act of love for us, um, mm-hmm. which I love because, again, it's it doesn't mean that it's always going to be easy, but it does mean that it's always an expression of God's love. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what you said about the indwelling of the Holy Spirit is really important because I often tell young women who are in a period of vocational discernment that your vocation is a lot closer to you than you realize. (laughs) We think of it as like, I've got to walk down this long and arduous path. And at the end, there will be my vocation. But really, God is holding our vocation in his hands. And the Trinity and the Holy Spirit dwells in us as a result of our baptism. So it's all Mm -hmm. about kind of becoming more aware of that and falling more in love with the Trinity dwelling in us and then living more like the Trinity dwells in us. And that process of living alongside the Trinity, living alongside the Holy Spirit every day, gradually we just kind of like walk in to our vocation, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, I love that you're pointing that out because I think not only can people sometimes think that whatever it is that God wants for me is something like out there, but also a lot of times I feel like people can think that God has put together this like really complex puzzle yeah. And if I can't get all the pieces, yeah. And if I don't and find all the pieces of the puzzle <laughs> and exactly how they fit together, my house of cards is going to collapse and my life will be will have been worthless. Yeah. And it's like we get people end up with this like anxiety about figuring out this difficult question of what is it that God wants for me when it's not like God's setting up booby traps for yeah, us. Yeah, he's not hiding <laughs> he's not hiding it from us. Right. right? Sometimes it can feel like that. But that's because we're not yet ready for the fullness of it mm-hmm. to be revealed. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's hard to hear because we always feel ready. Right? <laughs> it's like, no, I'm ready. I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but the truth of it is God knows exactly 
when we're ready to move to the next step of, mm-hmm. of our life, of our vocation, what, whatever it is. Um, so if, if it's not clear to us yet, that just means we need to be where we are and be there with God mm-hmm. and allow him to keep leading us and keep, um, yeah, keep growing uh, our life of faith, our life of virtue so that that we become ready for the next thing that he has in mind for us. But yeah, yeah, he's he's not hiding it from us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The Holy Spirit's like the... the great revealer too, right? Yes. The great communicator. Yeah. So that's why, and is, the Holy Spirit is the agent of discernment. Mm-hmm. So, and that, that's exactly why he's always revealing and he's always communicating. So um, yeah, yeah. He's just always revealing the pieces of our relationship with God, which are the pieces of our, our vocation. Mm-hmm. And it, it delights him when we find the thing that he's been holding out for us. It's yeah. it's not like he's like, oh, fine. Okay, you get it. Yeah. Like, Gee, finally. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's so not God. Yeah. Yeah. There's such a beautiful parallel, I think, to that in real life because, you know, I, I was a teacher for a few years before I entered religious life. And I remember like sometimes you would get these kids who were especially gifted at something. And because they were gifted they knew, and not in a cocky way, but like they knew they were more advanced than their peers in the class. And so they felt like they were ready to like learn the thing they really wanted to learn. Mm -hmm. And this happened, I think most visually it happens in art. When you get a kid who's a really gifted artist, like unusually gifted for their age and they know it and they know that they probably will be able to like do certain things with their art and they want it so bad because like they have this real like they're drawn to it like to be able to create like that but they can't yet mm-hmm. and sometimes they'll ask like i want to learn how to do that and i'm like bro you don't even know your color wheel like i'm sorry you gotta right. learn that first <laughs> like yeah but but like they feel like they're ready because they don't know what they don't know yeah right. and i think that's so true for us as well Is like yeah maybe that person on the outside might be able to see what we still need to learn first and god always is that person. And sometimes other people also recognize it. (laughs) But we feel like, no, I I long for this thing so much. I desire this thing so much without realizing that, you know, if God didn't allow us to desire that like passionately, the thing that we're, we're hoping to find or discover or realize, then we would stop pursuing it. Right. So the fact that we desire that and the fact that you know, he doesn't squelch it so that we will be more like chill about it necessarily, <laughs> but he does want us to be at peace in the waiting, mm-hmm. in in the striving, in the, when are you going to show me? When are you going to teach me? <laughs> there can still be an underlying peace there, even in the midst of frustration, maybe even fear. Um, that doesn't mean that we have to lose all of our peace. Like it's okay to feel all the emotions. That's mm-hmm. normal. We should feel them. But that doesn't mean we should be at uh, not at peace or feel like we are the biggest failure because we don't know the answer to some question that we have or that somehow we messed up and God can't fix it because mm-hmm. we messed up so much bigger than God can do anything for, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or that we're doing it wrong because we, we're not arriving at answers yet. I think mm-hmm. sometimes um, sometimes we can feel that. Like, if I were doing this right, I would have an answer. Right <laughs> is is how it kind of feels. But um, yeah. what you were saying, Sister Orianne, just makes me think of what Jesus said in the gospel when he was referring to the Holy Spirit and saying, "I'm going to send you the Spirit, the Advocate, and He will teach you all things." And mm-hmm. I mean, Jesus is right there, right? He could have taught them all things. <laughs> <laughs> he would have taken a long time, but he could have. <laughs> right, it would have taken a long time, but he he could have done it, right? He could have used those three years yeah. to teach them all things. 
Um, but he knew that they needed to to go through some things first and to mm-hmm. to kind of learn on the way. Um, so so he sent the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit gradually taught them all things mm-hmm. and continues to. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that really, if we're worried about, quote unquote, doing things wrong when we're, you know, pursuing an answer to a question or like a capital V vocation, are we meant to be single? Or are we meant to be married? Or are we meant to have be in religious life or priesthood, like the only thing we can really do wrong is to ask those questions to ourselves instead of God, mm-hmm. right? The only thing we can do wrong is leave God out of the process. And if right. we're if we're asking the Lord, if we are, you know, relying on the grace of the sacraments to help keep us open to what he has to say and to hearing him, if we are, you know, pursuing him sincerely and in good faith, like we're not perfect. Naturally, there will be little things that we might miss the first time around, but that's not a failure on our part. God works with that. He knows our own weaknesses and failings and he factored them into our vocation, right? Yeah. So yeah, the only thing we can do wrong is leaving him out of it. Yeah, because in the end, discernment is just a kind of prayer, right? It's a mode of prayer and prayer is relationship. So discernment is just part of our way of being in relationship with God. It's really mm-hmm. kind of what it mm-hmm. boils down to. Yeah, I think it's I think it's that part of our relationship with God that is maybe most related to our wills and mm-hmm. our choices and mm-hmm. our desires, kind of that area of of relationship where there are going to be things that that we want, that we want to choose, things that we desire. And we know that there are also things that God desires for us, that God wills for us. So it's kind of those two desires coming into contact with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes ours have to be like straightened out a little bit <laughs> yep. when, it, yeah. when it meets God's, right? But that's part of the process of discernment is, is recognizing I desire this and I'm living in daily relationship with God. And I'm starting to see that God also desires this, but there's a slightly different nuance to it, or I'm mm-hmm. learning more about the way that God desires this. And and as we continually talk to God about these desires, about these choices that we want to make, um, we learn more about how much he wants to like live within us mm-hmm. as we make these choices and live them out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's kind of where discernment sort of hits the road, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I'm OK. So I'm hearing some things about our own internal life kind of helping to inform the discernment. Right. And then like hearing, hearing what God's saying about different things. But how do we know whether it's really God saying something or it's me deciding that God should have said something? Mm-hmm. <laughs> million dollar question. <laughs> yep. I think it's it's often helpful to focus on what we do know, right? Mm-hmm. So we know that God speaks to us in his word in scripture. Yes. We know that God is present to us in the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that we often hear God kind of echoing through other people, mm-hmm. especially people that we trust, um, people that know us well. So it's kind of helpful to recognize those things and to recognize, okay, what are the types of things that I hear in those situations? Because God is very consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the God of surprises, and sometimes <laughs> he does surprise us. Sometimes he surprises us with a vocation, mm-hmm. but but he's also very consistent. Can confirm. <laughs> we have first uh, eyewitnesses here. Mm-hmm. But he's also very consistent in the way that he mm-hmm. communicates to us and in what he communicates. 
So God is always communicating his love, always communicating his presence, um, and then always kind of reaching down and bringing us up, right? Mm -hmm. So so when we know that, then we can kind of take what we're hearing uh, in in our prayer or in our discernment and sort of measure it <laughs> against, okay, God in scripture, what does he do, right? He heals, he saves, he mm -hmm. loves. Mm -hmm. um, is what I'm hearing consistent with that? Mm -hmm. um, you know, Jesus in the Eucharist, What what is that? That's his presence always with us, is what I'm hearing consistent with a God who would always remain with me. And then, and then things that I'm hearing from others. And then the last thing also would be like just returning to what, what's within ourself. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we need a little work to kind of straighten that out, to, to be able to see clearly. Um, but once we come to know ourselves, like really know ourselves, that's also another sort of measuring stick mm -hmm. um, as far as, you know, is this God or is this me imagining <laughs> that this is God? Um, <laughs> but I really think God is so consistent that we can yeah. kind of measure what we're hearing. And then if there's any doubt, it, it's always a good idea just to, to talk to someone who has some yeah. experience and say, hey, I'm starting to feel like God might be saying this. Does that sound like God? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and someone with some experience either in vocational direction or spiritual direction can say like, yeah, it does. Like mm -hmm. God does that. Yep. <laughs> yeah. St. Paul in first that 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 what, what was Paul. that? St. <laughs> <laughs> Paul in first Thessal no, I can't say it. <laughs> Thessalonians. Sister Ariane would like to quote St. Paul in first Thessalonians. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Anyway, he says um, to test everything. But it's interesting because when he says that, it's it's cushioned in a context, right? And he's talking about what it means to be open to the spirit in, in this particular chapter, in chapter five. And he actually starts by saying, rejoice always, mm. pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. And then he says, do not quench the spirit. Um and I think it's really interesting because there's there's this guy who I really hope one day his cause for canonization will will progress. But his name is Joseph Chiwetanwa. The sisters know that I'm a little bit obsessed with him. <laughs> and um, he was the first indigenous catechist in in what is now Canada. It was not Canada at the time. And he has this beautiful quote from a prayer that he dictated um, where he says to the Lord, the more I thank you, the more I can give myself to you. Mm. And if, if we are really offering the Lord, um, you know, our own sincerity from a posture of gratitude, um, we are kind of positioning ourselves to better be able to receive more from him and to recognize the gifts that he gives. Because when we start recognizing the gifts that we can already identify, but really verbalizing that recognition, kind of making it something intentional, then we start to recognize more and more the gifts that he's giving. And likewise, when we start to, you know, acknowledge where we do know that his voice is present, like you're saying, Sister Emily, like in scripture, in the sacraments, like then we become, then we are able to better identify more and more where we hear his voice in prayer, even if we're not immediately reading the scripture, even if we're not, you know, sitting in the mass. Mm -hmm. um, and it's almost like, I know I've made this um, comparison before, but the more you get to know somebody's voice because you're around them more, the more likely, likely you are to recognize their voice on the phone if they walk into the room and you're not looking. Like all of those kinds of things because you, you're you getting to know their voice. You recognize it when they speak. And if someone 
you know, create some weird AI thing where they use their voice <laughs> and they say some weird phrase. You're like, uh, pretty sure that's fake. That person would never say that. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. you you get to know the breadth of who they are and the complexity and the beauty of it. And and likewise in discernment. But I think the the tricky part of that for us is that that takes time. Building a relationship takes time. And we want to know now. We want to have our bestie yep. now. But like God builds that in time so that it can be deeper, yeah. right? Like he he takes the time to lay a deep, strong, earthquake-proof foundation. Yeah. And the that passage from St. Paul is so powerful because he kind of lists off things that we should be doing to prepare ourselves mm. um, yeah. for discernment. Even if you're not actively in a period of like vocational discernment or career discernment or um, like where am I going to live discernment, but test everything, right? So so measure it against where you know God's voice is. Cling to what is good. Like, are you clinging to the things that are good? Are you Are you going to the sacraments? Are you praying daily? Are you giving of yourself in service? to others? You know, are you feeding yourself with good things? Um, and then give thanks, right, to, to live from that spirit of gratitude so that I recognize what I've been given. And then it stirs up in me a desire to give, like like you said, Sister Orianne. Um, so, so even if you're not in an active period of discernment, all those things are going to prepare your heart, kind of enlarge your heart mm-hmm. so that when the moment comes, um, you're you're already disposed. You're ready. You're going to you're going to um, just kind of naturally fall into it in a way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As you were talking, Sister Emily, one of the things that kept popping into my head is that these are things that like St. Paul is saying to do it all the time. Right. And so even like this decision about whether or not to hit send on this tweet or the decision yeah. of whether or not to pick up the phone and call this person, like all of these things can be tested. We can be um, clinging to what is good. We can be giving thanks to God for all of the opportunities and different things throughout our life. And what popped into my head was um, back before I entered when I was doing a lot of swing dancing. And when when you're first getting started, everything's really awkward. And there's a lot of mm-hmm. like push and pull that's not supposed to be there, right? Like there's really just supposed to be like a nice, constant, comfortable tension between the dancers. And if that's not there, the momentum gets really wonky. And so getting <laughs> – and it can get a little dangerous, actually, depending on who's leading. I'm just, like, visualizing this. Yeah. yeah. And um, and I was just kind of thinking, like, these constant little moments of testing, clinging to the good thing, and giving thanks to God is, like, getting the muscle memory so that when it comes time for, like, the dance recital or for the big event, like, you've got it all – in you already and it just comes so naturally and and beautifully and comfortably and it can be like it becomes fun actually yeah. to be in that kind of a state with God just like giving and taking and pulling and feeling like where he's leading it it, it can there is a kind of like energy or like dynamism that comes from being in that place with him that's really fun and beautiful and the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. is the best dance partner, right? That's for sure. <laughs> no, I, I think I think that's totally true. And I think that's where it's so good to have kind of a go-to prayer to the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. that you can just say quickly in moments where, like, it's good to identify these moments where you feel that tension of, oh, I've got to, I've got to choose this or that, or I've got to decide, am I going to, am I going to stop by there on my way home from work? Or am I going to go straight? Like, 
-hmm. What's the best thing to do in this moment? Really, the question is, God, what are you inviting me to do in this moment? Um, And that's where you want to have just that go-to prayer to the Holy Spirit and then act on it, right? Mm -hmm. So don't don't sit there in your car forever waiting for the neon sign in the sky that says, (laughs) yes, stop by there on your way home from work. Right. Um, Turn left here. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. (laughs) Doesn't happen. But do like pause, Mm -hmm. ask God what he's inviting you to do, say your go-to prayer to the Holy Mm -hmm. Spirit, and then move, right? Mm -hmm. And and trust that God is bigger than all of us. And if we're going the wrong way, he can turn us around. <laughs> That's for sure. That's why I, I don't know if you know, but at, um, this season at the end of every episode, we're praying the chaplet to the Holy Spirit that Sister Julia composed. And I love that she just kind of inserts the gift into that very traditional prayer. Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of, right? Like we can put right. anything there. Right. With the gift of patience. Right. With the gift of discernment. With the gift of not having road rage. Like exactly. Whatever. Like whatever it is that we need to put in there. Like <laughs> they're laughing because they know that I probably say that more than some people. But, <laughs> but I love that she does that because it's something that like the beginning of it can flow. Mm-hmm. I can take that pause to think about what is it that I'm actually needing to ask for right now. And often... Often that word isn't necessarily from me either. Often that word comes inspired. It's yeah. actually the Holy Spirit taking over and saying, you need this. Yeah. And this is the gift that I want to give you. Like, let's let's dance this direction now. Yeah. 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 It's really beautiful for me. Naturally, everyone, we're all called to relationship with God in communion, mm-hmm. right? Um, like within the church. But at the same time, we all have unique relationships with God because we're all unique people. Mm-hmm. and. It's really beautiful for me to see, like, sometimes you get these people who are just so in tune and like, sometimes they will just walk a different route to work or like, yeah, Mm -hmm. take a different sidewalk on their way to class one day because they just felt like God wanted them to. Mm -hmm. And there was no particular reason they, or at least they didn't know of one, but they just did. And like, who knows why, but they knew that that was, they were being asked to. And I always thought that was so touching that, you know, there are some people who just have like a, a very special um, attunedness. I don't think that's a word. Awareness mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. of these little things. And we can definitely build our awareness of just how God speaks to us and loves us and prompts us in the smallest of things. I think sometimes a lot we relegate it to big decisions mm-hmm. like, what shall I be? Where shall I live? What degree do I want to pursue? Mm-hmm. Like, which brand of car shall I buy? <laughs> like, but all of these things are, we, we learn how to discern those things also from discerning the little things. Mm-hmm. Like, does, you know, does my parent need me to call them today? You know, like, do I know that today might be a hard day for them and I'm going to call home? Or, you know, is my friend going through a time where they could really use a pickup? Or am I going, am I in a relationship right now where I really need to back off actually a little bit? Like, you know, am I in a place where I don't need a second piece of cake or am I in a place where I really should enjoy a second piece of cake? Like all those things, we we tend to to put those things either, we, we either over-spiritualize them or we pretend that God doesn't care about any of it. Yeah. But in reality, God is with us in all of those things too, right? We We live our lives with him. And that's not to say like, if you don't hear God telling you whether you should have a piece of cake, you can't have a piece of cake. Like, that's not at all what I'm saying. Um, but it is really beautiful to know that, like, yeah, God might 
might say at, you know, a wedding reception, hey, go get a piece of cake. And on the way, you have a really meaningful conversation with Mm -hmm. someone that you never would have had if you hadn't gone and gotten a piece of cake. And that person needed to hear something or you needed to hear something that was said in that conversation. So, you know, all of those things can be places where we can learn to just be open to the possibility, at least, of God prompting us if if he feels like that's a moment to do it. Can I do a commercial for the examination of conscience? Or are you going to do an episode on <laughs> no, that? No, please. Yeah. <laughs> Go for so, it. So just because what Sister Oriane was saying about we often think this this is for bigger decisions, mm-hmm. but really it's about every moment of our life, that God can be invited into every moment of our life and how we need to grow in awareness or grow in being in tune with that. The number one way to do that is to make a daily examination of conscience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not talking about like read the Ten Commandments and figure out where you sinned and write it down for your next confession. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about asking yourself at the end. Of, that is an examination. Right. <laughs> that is That's examination for yes. confession. Yes. Um, yes. But at the end of the day or at some point during the day, it doesn't even have to be at the end. Um, I, I encourage doing it whenever you are at your peak, <laughs> um, in the morning, <laughs> at noon, in the evening, whenever. But really to ask yourself the question, where was God today mm-hmm. and how did I respond to him? And then just to let whatever floats to the surface kind of grab your attention and talk to God about that. So don't worry about going through your day chronologically, okay, 6 a.m., where was God? 7 a.m., where was God? 8 a.m., I still haven't found God. <laughs> uh, because we We're going to open a missing person's investigation. Get, get caught up in these things, right? Or at least I can. I was, yeah, no, I was sure. very hung up on going chronologically when I first entered the convent. Mm. We'd, we'd be invited to our evening examination of conscience, and I would start going chronologically. I'd get to about 8.30 in the morning, and the time for the examination would be over. <laughs> Uh, But as I learn more about it, um, I have really fallen in love with the examine because it's about asking God, where were you today? Mm. Not were you there today? Mm -hmm. That's not the question. Mm -hmm. But where were you today? How were you there? And how did I respond to you? Mm -hmm. If you do that every day, you start to see these patterns Mm -hmm. of where God is. And then you start to recognize it even before you get to your examine. Yeah. So you start to realize oh my gosh, that just happened. Like God was with me in that moment mm-hmm. um, before you even get to your exam at the end of the day. So uh, that's my plug for the examination of conscience. I like it. <laughs> and it's it actually also builds up to this awareness of like in the moment, oh my gosh, God is here. Yes. You know? yes. Like directing this. And, and that's such a beautiful, humbling um, experience. Yeah. yeah. I want to pull out something, Sister Oriane, you were saying before too of I can't remember now how it connects. Maybe you can help me connect it. But um, mm. the one of the things that came to my mind while you were talking was how often sometimes people who want to make, they want to give God their best and often they turn it into whatever is the least appealing thing to me is the thing that I should do. So maybe yes. maybe I am at a wedding and maybe there is cake and maybe there's chocolate cake and there's vanilla cake and I absolutely hate chocolate cake so that's the one that I take like if you hate chocolate cake I have questions well that's why I'm using it as an absurd <laughs> option that absolutely nobody listening will be you know resonating with so but like my brother will <laughs> oh man there are people there are people okay fine anyway so but my point is like that there are people who will eat somebody else's favorite food as a penance, right? Because mm-hmm. they think that God is inviting them to do the hard thing. And some people will even 
pull that out even to their vocational discernment. That's not to say that we always do what feels good or that we are mm-hmm. always going to feel like doing the thing that God wants us to do, but it's not automatically his will just because it's difficult. Yeah, yeah, especially when it comes to our vocation because our our vocation is meant to, within our vocation, we're meant to love in the fullest way possible. Um, and that will make us happy. Yes. Even though it's difficult mm-hmm. along the yes. way, it will make us happy. Um, so, yeah, we want to be really careful of, you know, oh, this seems more difficult. So this must be the way that God is calling me to go. Right. No, it should be. I see God there. And yes. this is the way that God is inviting yeah. me to go. And there should be some kind of natural attraction, even yeah. even if it's not a lot. And even if there's a lot that also kind of like pushes me away, there will be something of natural attraction toward the thing that God is inviting me to. Yeah. And I think it's important to recognize, too, that in some cases, if something remains cerebral only, mm-hmm. like if if I'm being given a job that I – or offered a job that I really wanted, but it's in this city that I, I've never been to, but I just hate because. <laughs> or <laughs> Sports rivals if, or you know, something. I got off – right. Mm-hmm. If I got into this, this school that – you know, is is a good school for the program that I need. But like, yeah, it's in a place that I hate or I hate the name of the school or I hate the school because someone 10 years ago went there and had a bad experience. <laughs> like, I really don't know anything about mm-hmm. the thing that I've decided I hate, right? And I think that there's a lot of circumstances in our life where we feel like that would be the worst thing, that we have no attraction to it, but it's because we don't know anything about it. Yeah. And I know, like, for myself, I was very opposed myself to the idea of a religious vocation for myself, not for other people, but just for me. <laughs> but I didn't know anything about religious life. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't properly make a discernment about that until I looked at religious life and and said, like, what is this actually? Um, and I think so often we do that with with like things places people um so often we'll we'll make a judgment and we'll put the judgment between us and the voice of god um and you know in those circumstances it's really important to ask the lord to be able to look at something with his eyes and it's really hard to pray that prayer and then continue to hate something for no reason <laughs> You know, yeah. I think that's that's a really important distinction. In order to make a good discernment, you need information about what mm-hmm. you are discerning mm-hmm. um, or what you are discerning between, if that's the case. And the other really important distinction is that when it comes to big things like vocational discernment, um, probably to some extent career discernment, that kind of thing, you can really only do discern one thing well. At mm-hmm. a time. Yeah. Yes. Um, so mm-hmm. if you are scattered into, you know, all these different areas and trying all these different there's a there's a time and a place for that, too, because you're kind of mm-hmm. trying and experiencing and gathering information. But when it comes down to it, in order to discern well, you need to focus on the one thing that God is inviting you to look into. Yeah. Mm-hmm. OK, so, Sister Emily, we've talked about kind of a lot of the like really practical points and some of the things that would be helpful and also some of the pitfalls. Are there any pitfalls that maybe some people fall into that we have not covered that you would like to mention that we can be aware of? Um, I think maybe one that 
we haven't talked about yet is just time. Well, we've touched on timing, right? Mm-hmm. That it often it often takes more time than than we think it's going to because God has a lot of work to do in us relationally first. Um, so one one extreme of that would be not taking enough time. You know, trying to to rush forward or push forward or or say I'm ready for this, like kind of that that pushing. You know, I'm 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 going, I'm going, I'm going, mm-hmm. and God's like, whoa. Um, the other, the other extreme on the other end of that would be taking too much time. Mm -hmm. So, um, kind of what we were talking about when we were saying, you know, don't discern for days, whether you're going to have another piece of cake or not, (laughs) like (laughs) God, God invites us into this beautiful balance of life. I Mm -hmm. think where he, he does want us to ask him in. Mm -hmm. So sister Orion's example about, you know, just, just asking God, like, Hey, what should I should I do this or not? You know, yeah. inviting God in and then making the decision and knowing that God is with you in that decision and in the action that you're about to take. Mm-hmm. Um so we don't have to freak ourselves out that right. <laughs> that right. God hasn't communicated to me yet about this particular thing. You've invited him in, right? That's yeah. the key thing, just inviting him in like God be with me in this whatever. Yeah. You know, fill in the blank. Yeah. Um, and then and then go for it. Right. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is most of these decisions, most of these discernments aren't like one one and done. Yeah. Right. And they're not made alone. No. Yeah. No. And so so like just because you've discerned that you're going to ask that person on a date does not mean that you've discerned that you're going to spend the rest of your life with them. Just because right. you've discerned that you're going to visit the sisters does not mean that you've discerned to make perpetual profession. <laughs> there are many <laughs> steps that come in yeah. between those two things. And and there's time for God to speak in between each action, too. So, yeah, I think that's that's a really good point with the timing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And giving God the space to speak in between all those steps. You know, oh, yeah. Going home yeah. and, and reflecting. And again, the examination of conscience. Yep. Just saying, God, where were you, you know, mm-hmm. in that experience and allowing him to to reveal a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the humbling kind of sides of that, too, is that a lot of not every discernment we make, but a lot of discernments we make, especially like the big capital V vocation discernments, they involve other people mm-hmm. and they involve l- allowing that person also the freedom and and the trust to to discern as well. Right. I can't discern that I'm going to marry someone if they're discerning otherwise. <laughs> like, you know, it involves two people and a commitment between two people. Mm-hmm. Same thing for religious life. I can't discern for myself that I'm called to a community if they are discerning that I'm called elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, it it takes a mutual commitment, and God speaks to both. God doesn't only speak to me, right. and God doesn't only speak to the other person either. So it's really beautiful that. You know, as as confusing sometimes as that can be for us, because we want there just to be like a clear answer immediately. And I think it's really hard for us sometimes to accept that we might be understanding the same situation differently. And that can make us think that God, therefore, either again, we screwed up or the other person screwed up or God can't work in Mm -hmm. the confusion. But that's not the case. You know, God can work in the midst of confusion. And I, I really love that. Like classic example of when um, when the Lord, you know, sends a messenger to Gideon to to go do his thing. And Gideon's like, well, OK, if this is really you, God, I'm going to leave this sheepskin out here. And yeah, do happens. So 
if the skin is dry and all the grass is wet, then yeah, then I'll know it's you. And it happens. And he's like, okay, but never mind. Yeah, that's confusing because that, that could just happen. Yeah, that, that could just happen. So <laughs> so this time it's going to be the other way around, right? Like, and then I'll know it's you. And I, I, I remember like the first time I read that, I'm like, how many times are you going to do this, bro? <laughs> how many iterations of this? But we, we often do that, yeah. but with another person, like mm-hmm. as if the other person is our sheepskin or whatever. Um, but but the Lord really can work through other people and he can also work in the confusion we may find between us and another person. And that is so reassuring, at least to me, that there's no amount of human confusion that can confuse the will of God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like God knows exactly um, what he desires for each of us and for us as a whole, as a, as a church. And we can't mess that up. And coming at it with that perspective of faith, that God is there. He is working in my life. He is revealing himself to me. He's inviting me to something. So mm-hmm. that that's never in question. Um, and right. and asking, asking the Holy Spirit for the faith to believe that so that I can kind of proceed from there, right? Mm-hmm. No matter what, what other things might be confusing in the in the process, like on the way of discernment, um, it's never in question that God, God is with me, God is speaking to me, God is revealing his will to me. Amen. <laughs> I think we have a couple of practical takeaways already, so maybe we can just name yep. them. Number one, the examination of conscience. Make your examination of conscience. That's for sure. That's one. Can I say also like just that practice of, um, God, what are you inviting to me what are you inviting me to now? Come Holy Spirit and then act. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the, you know, in those little Just moments, those little decisions. Just to practice that a few times yeah. a day. Yeah. 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 I like that. And if someone's listening and wants to get a hold of you in, in the vocations office, how could somebody do that? Uh, daughtersofstpaul.com or email vocations at paulinemedia.com. Would love to hear from you. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks so much, Sister Emily, for being with us and for sharing all your insights. From your deep experience as our vocation director. Depth and breadth. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is the real vocation director. <laughs> That's true. I am merely this is his true. assistant. Yeah. Thank you. It was a joy to be with you. So this is our chaplet to the Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For the gift of wisdom. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with wisdom, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created. And you will renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with wisdom, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created. And you will renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with wisdom, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created. And you will renew the face of the earth. O Holy Spirit, beloved of my soul, come and make your home in my heart. For the gift of knowledge. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with knowledge, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created. And you will renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with knowledge, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created. And you will renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with knowledge, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. 
Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you will renew the face of the earth. O Holy Spirit, beloved of my soul, come and make your home in my heart. For the gift of counsel. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with counsel, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you will renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with counsel, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you will renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with counsel, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you will renew the face of the earth. O Holy Spirit, beloved of my soul, come and make your home in my heart. For the gift of fear of the Lord. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with fear of the Lord, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you will renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with fear of the Lord, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you will renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with fear of the Lord, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you will renew the face of the earth. O Holy Spirit, beloved of my soul, come and make your home in my heart. For the gift of understanding. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with understanding, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you will renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with understanding, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you will renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with understanding, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you will renew the face of the earth. O Holy Spirit, beloved of my soul, come and make your home in my heart. For the gift of piety. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with piety, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you will renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with piety, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you will renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with piety, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created and you will renew the face of the earth. O Holy Spirit, beloved of my soul, come and make your home in my heart. And for the gift of fortitude. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with fortitude, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you will renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with fortitude, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you will renew the face of the earth. 
Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with fortitude, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you will renew the face of the earth. O Holy Spirit, beloved of my soul, come and make your home in my heart. By myself, I I can can do do nothing, nothing, but but with God God, I can can do all things. For the love of God I want to do all things. To him honor and glory, to me the eternal reward. Holy Spirit, vivify me. Love of God, consume me. The way of truth, lead me. With your grace, empower me. You are the promised one sent by the Father, reminding us of all that Jesus' Master taught. I ask you for no other knowledge, no other wisdom, than that of Christ crucified, and that he may live in me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. Dare to Dwell is a production of the Daughters of St. Paul, and is brought to you by our generous supporters on Patreon. For more information about our sisters or ministry, or to learn about how you can support us, visit connect.pauline.org Patreon. God bless you.